Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. So it's been a full season for the Under Pressure Outdoors crew in the Hasmore Outdoor Products Silent Seat. And let me tell you, they're worth every penny. And here are some reasons why. Number one, you can't beat the comfort level. Number two, they don't hold in moisture like rain or sweat. Number three, they completely fold out of the way when you stand up, giving you a full range of motion in your climber. And number four, they cut down on your setup and breakdown times dramatically. Don't just take our word for it. Use offer code UPO15 and get 15% off your silent seat and many other U.S.-made accessories for your climber today. You can find Hasmore Outdoor Products on Facebook and hasmore.net. That's H-A-Z-M-O-R-E dot net. And in the link in this podcast description. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. That's back in Benelli is talking about Duck Commander or Benelli. Benelli is the, is the yeah. Bud Light. Of the shotgun world, no, they have excellent advertising. That's Stoger, but no, I've never seen a Stoger ad in my life. I haven't either. The only time I've ever even seen a Stoger is when I I went to the academy. So there's different Benellis, like the. I'm not. I'm not saying that the Versa. uh, I'm saying Benelli is so popular because of their advertising, and they make a great gun. And a lot of people think Bud Light's a great beer. I disagree, and I don't. I mean, I don't disagree. Benelli's not a great gun, but I think that some of the stuff you're overpaying for it. I run a lot of shotguns. I will. I'll, I'll tell you, over under, in the price point, it's really hard to beat the Satori. Mm-hmm. The Browning mm-hmm. Satoris are just they're gorgeous. I got, I got a lot of them. What's their price point? Depends on what you want, like anything else. But it's to, once you once you cross over the Browning Satori threshold, and you know because they get their lightning and super lightning, and they're all Satoris, but then you go like to Krieghof. So you go from couple thousand for a top end one to 15,000 to, to play mm. right yeah, <laughs> it's yeah like, or, or then you start getting into, into british side-by-sides after that you know so so here's a weird shotgun fact for you did you know that amber crombie and fitch started out as a shotgun manufacturer and you can still buy their shotguns today huh. 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 Good. it's quite nifty they're extremely expensive though <laughs> i'd imagine yeah it's a British. Probably like the Rolex of shotguns. I'm not sure. I don't know that they still manufacture them. I'm saying the ones that they did manufacture used to before they started making clothes for high school kids. <clears throat> they're super, Jordan. super, super, super expensive. That's just because they couldn't have been that well, good. Well, they're collectible be a clothing now. Manufacturer. Yeah. Yeah. But they're pretty guns. Like the L.L. Bean of shotguns. Yeah. I cannot there you go. remember this guy's name. I remember the name of the shotgun, but not the guy. $35,000. Told you. <laughs> the guy was real big in like the very beginning of Ducks Unlimited. It's a 20 spot side by side 28 gauge. It's a pretty gun though. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what's a nice gun. My <laughs> dad's got a double barrel side by side 14 that my mom bought for him. The, those look like British side by sides. I'll bet Abercrombie and Fitch is an old British side by side manufacturer, which is why it's bananas. Well, you know what? Well, before we dive off of shotguns, back into what we're actually going to talk about, 
You know why people buy uh, Berettas and say they can't, they don't shoot worth a crap? Because they don't know how to shoot. <clears throat> uh, yeah, because they're Berettas, not holding it right. Correct. Berettas are made different. They're, they're European they're made for, style. Yeah, European style shooting. Same with Benelli's. That's why they put... You know, when you get it, they, they come with different... Um, and I can't remember the term. Shims. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if like if I if I take a Benelli the way it comes out of the box and I don't change the shim, I end up looking down on the on the uh, bead on the bead and then shooting over everything. And you wouldn't think it's that much, but you put a shim in it, hardly looks like it makes change. And I go the next size up in shim and lights out, as Briar can attest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What do we got left for events now? Swanee's coming up next. Ducks Unlimited. Crawfish Bowl. The Ducks Unlimited dinner. Ducks Unlimited Crawfish Bowl. So April 21st, which is a Friday, as we have been explaining, UPO is going to host the Rowdy Table (laughs) for your $90. And and I'm going to paint her into a quarter. I believe that if you come to our table, you will be able to sit with our guest this evening, Deidre Brown. Yes, I will be there. And the legendary El Solano, I know, is definitely in. I haven't checked to see who else has got tickets, but there will be some folks that have been on the podcast that will be at that table. Yeah. you got to add an S to that, shooting for tables. Yes. Yeah, that's true. That all depends. You know, uh, It's a great cause because all of the funds do go into wetlands management uh, here and abroad. Um, do you use pretty legendary. They're the granddaddy. They've been around for a long, long time. 1935, I believe. Yeah. But, and the, the village's chapter has been pretty good to us. With the supplies been. on the duck boxes and Joey Lyons, a champ. So You can purchase tickets at uponation.co, and that'll be down in the podcast description. Uh, and that money goes funneled right back into Ducks Unlimited, every single penny of it. Every dollar, yep. Oh, I and by the way, could, speaking of could, guns, there will be a lot of guns at this one. Like 16, somewhere between 16 and 20 guns, plus all the other stuff. If we actually sold things off our website that we made money on, we'd be doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. As many people a day as I send to it, yeah. <laughs> I'd at least be good for $100 a day and stuff. Buy you a, a Ducks Unlimited ticket and a hat. We got hats and stickers up there, too. We only make money on the hats and stickers. Everything else is going to charity. Yeah, but they're Something not like your another. canoe trip people, are they? Where you're I need like, a sticker. I got people coming on a canoe trip, and then not, hey, none of them sign up. I cannot attest to how many people I give it to, whether they do or don't purchase anything or book a trip. No. Okay. I can you, just we also need to clarify this. Do we say making money on the hats? If we sold all the hats we'd had, we would probably recoup half of what it costs to have a website and a podcast subscription. <laughs> so Fair enough. You're just digging us out of the hole a little bit. Yeah. Freeloaders. That is, you don't, that you don't get into enough. the black, you just get into the gray. Yeah, the gray. Mm-hmm. We don't even get into the gray, we just get more into the pink. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, and then after the Ducks Unlimited banquet is the Swanee River Fishing Expedition. Favorite time of the year. Chris sent, Chris finally got himself a canoe and he's like, hey, what, uh, what are those seats, those outdoor seats you really like? I'm like, Millennium? He's like, yeah, I'm gonna those get some those ones. for it. <laughs> I was like, dude, we're putting mine in ours too. Yeah, we've actually already can, uh, started modifying our canoe to fit Millennium seats. I don't think I can talk Jake into buying something to put in his. Well, they're a hundred dollars a seat. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try. 
They're worth hey, it. They are worth. They're worth penny. every penny. Are they? Yeah, oh yeah. Hey, and they're more like a. We're all running millennium. Yeah. yeah, they're good. Yeah, the they're guy really that bought my boat, he was like, "What kind of what kind of seat is this? Can yeah. I put him in my canoe? Yeah. Yes, hmm. Deidre. I don't know if you're aware, but you are in the presence of some models for Millennium Marine. Oh, I'm gonna or, have to check model that out. Not me. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. a model. Twice though. Can I get Twice your autograph? Oh, Jim, Jim you was too. in that one. You were no. too. Oh, that's right. I did get. Yeah. Jim, no. you were in one. No, it was Josh. Josh was. Josh was. I'm pretty sure they posted that one of Jim too. Are they a local company? Millennium? No, no. they're they're. Uh, at least nationwide. I don't know if they're shipped globally. I feel but. like I've seen it. I'm just, oh, yeah. They're, okay. they, I mean, they make tree stands. They make oh. they they were in, make tree stands. They were in they my made. boat and Jim's boat. Oh. Oh, that's the seat I was sitting in? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, Millennium, if anybody out there can get a hold of them, just send the check. We'll, get no, the, we'll take care of it from there. No, send some of them camo seats. Oh, yeah. They got check. the new camouflage seats in. Yeah. yeah. Put, 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 put a comment in it. <laughs> All I want to say is I was first. With the Millennium True. seats, and Briar made fun of me for putting Millennium seats in a twelve foot John boat, and then he sat in it. And what did what did you do after you sat in that seat, Briar? When I got my boat, I got two of them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I paid the most for mine, though. I don't doubt it. I actually didn't pay anything. Oh, okay, well that's good for you. <laughs> then you good paid the least. Yeah, yeah. I got yeah, him. That was sarcasm. I, I'd been sitting at a Yeti bucket all morning, and then somehow wound up in the back of Briar's boat. And <laughs> my back hurt, and I was all busted jealous. up. And I sat down. I was like, oh. You're welcome, Jim. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're welcome. Next thing you know, two in the mail, man. <laughs> Last year, I planned on bringing my kayak seat to try and make fit on the canoe. Forgot about it about an hour into my trip to the Swanee. I was like, yep, forgot that. This is about to suck. Jim, Jim and them had a pillow or something they wasn't using. I was like, let me, let me get that. I'm going to sit on that all week. For the whole trip. <laughs> For the whole trip. Okay. I sat on a pillow. It was some kind of cushion, I think. Yeah. Oh, man. We, uh, I mean, I remember when I went and bought my Millennium seats, I was sitting in front of Bass Pro Shops in Savannah, Georgia, waiting for the doors to open. I was the mm-hmm. first one in the store, grabbed those seats, because they had two in stock, and that's what I wanted to buy. I was like, I'm going to be there tomorrow morning. And I walked out with the last two they had in stock. Wow. We really should get a check from those fellas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so after the Swanee comes the crawfish boil. Uh, but before the crawfish boil, right now... Uh, do yourself a favor and, and enter for a chance to win yourself a nice custom hunting rifle. You owe it to yourself. At least you owe it to yourself to at least spend a hundred dollars on those $25 tickets. You deserve it. You do. Mm-hmm. You do. Not as much as I deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> you just won some guns, didn't you? Two of them. Three, three, of, them. three of them. He gifted I, them back. I gave two of them back, but that 410, I'm really glad I kept that 410. <laughs> I bet you are. It's a nice voice. Over under 410? It is. And yeah. it's got a little duck. Ducks. Nice. I didn't realize it's a Ducks Unlimited Edition. It's all monogrammed. And I was like, wow. You know, I just wanted a 410. And I like over unders. Um, but it's uh, it's a neat little gun. It's very pretty. But, I don't know if it shoots yet. You haven't gone out to put put your, put your rounds down the field. But if rifles aren't your well. thing and you're a big shotgun guy or gal, and all you want to do is duck hunt, but you're like, man. I just wish I had me one of them dang surface drives. We're giving away one of those, too. Yep. And the links are in the podcast description. So the rifle is $25 a ticket, 250 tickets available. We have like 108 left, and once those are sold, we'll draw. And then the mud motor is $50 a ticket, and only 100 tickets available for that one. Once those are gone, we'll draw. I think there's 70 left of those. 
So it's not a very high number. I think now that the Orange Lake mm-hmm. mud run is gone, and everybody that you know was really hoping to win the, the motor over there, the boat round two. I know the <laughs> guy that won the boat. He was Tim? he was a little intoxicated and didn't know what he was buying. Then when he won the boat, he's like, "Oh man." <laughs> I got a whole boat. That's just talk lame. about a great talk about a great drunk purchase. Right? Don't, don't invite what, was he yeah. a one ticket winner? I don't know if he won one or two, but it's my brother's friend. That's awesome. Yeah, because we Cameron Gordon. There right were some there. folks. It's rumored that went deep on that. Thing. Oh man! You know? No, I think he was just a little stupid yeah. one night, and wasn't that stupid? Dumb luck. <laughs> I went yeah. to buy a ticket on there, but I couldn't get a damn connection. Oh, so, wasn't meant you're to welcome, Tim. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, I don't know, that I saw they were all sold out, and I was like, good for them. That was a lot of work. I know that was a lot of work because we're doing it right now on our yeah. And uh, Tiffany was also kind enough. She's at least liking some of our – the lady that did a bunch of the work on the Orange Lake. We should really reach out to them and see if we can uh, – Tiffany Sanders. Tiffany Sanders. And I actually just talked to her a couple days ago. We would appreciate a good word. Anything that they could do to maybe throw a little support because we're all pushing in the right direction, you know? Yeah. Helping others. Yeah. But, uh, and then you can also buy the crawfish boil tickets because we're only giving away a little bit beforehand. The other large chunk of the $20,000 plus in uh, raffles is going to be at the boil itself. We got so many trips. So it is a propellers and gift certificates. Boil and poker run. Hide yeah. the turf. Yeah. Yep. So don't think that if you if you don't have a boat, you can still come to the boil. If your boat's not running, you can still come to just the boil. Josh Hattendorf of Hattie's Game Calls might be making an appearance as well. Ooh. I talked nice. to him the other day. Yeah. Nice. So the maybe I'm bringing some calls to raffle off to. What what times do we have? Uh Poker run starting at we're t- yeah <clears throat> talk about starting. Maybe poker run's going to start in the morning. The crawfish will be served around. Show the- up at like six thirty to seven o'clock, and the crawfish will be served around noon. So if you're just coming for the crawfish, you don't need to show up until about lunchtime. The way this thing's heating up, if you're listening to this podcast and you're bringing a boat, if you hear us, do not bring the boat to the Jolligator. Go to put it at Jessup, put it at Mullet Lake, put it at Lemon Bluff. You probably can't get up from Hatbill because the river might be real low. But do yourself a favor and put in someplace else because this thing is looking... Save yourself a walk. <laughs> we might have to cap it for humanity's sake at the way things are going. And, I would say uh, if, you, if you do plan on bringing it there, you better show up early. <clears throat> yeah. Super early. Yeah. Now, I think you said y'all was going to do the raffles around two thirty, three o'clock. Yeah, after everybody's had time to eat the eat the crawfish. So I understand if you buy tickets to the crawfish bowl and you show up at mm-hmm. 3 o'clock, there may not be crawfish left for you. Just a bunch of husks. Yeah, just a, a bunch of shells. <laughs> Maybe a half-eaten ear of corn. If all you want to do is suck the heads on them, you could probably <laughs> dig enough of those out of the garbage to fill yourself yeah. up. But Have you some crawfish juice? Yeah. It's, <laughs> the flyer says all you can eat, but... Uh, it's yeah. only all you can eat till we can till we run out. While supplies last. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I I would imagine though, if the way things are going, especially if we bump it up to four pounds ahead, that there will still be crawfish at three o'clock. I still mm. remember a couple of years ago, you, me, and Sid. That was a couple years ago, Tim. I'm telling you, man. I, I don't know. That was Some a couple them. years ago, and last year we 
I had literally crawfish eating fools. (laughs) No, hey man, think about this. If we if we sell out five or six hundred tickets. A lot of and we're gonna know exactly how many people are coming. We'll be able to dial that crawfish in sweet. Yeah, but then Tell, you're gonna show up saying, "Hey, I want to walk up." We're gonna be like, "You're free to buy raffles." But yeah, see you next year. The Jolly man. Gators got some great food. Come hang out with us. Grab a plate and come hang out with us. Uh, yeah, yeah. raffle. Two thousand pounds of crawfish at five hundred people. Huh? <laughs> two thousand pounds of crawfish at five hundred people. Somebody want to donate coolers to put them suckers in? <clears throat> Good lord, man! We got a trailer that haul that many crawfish. Uh, tin can offered to let us use. Oh, yours. sweet! Who's bringing all the crawfish? You're looking at somebody them. in this room. Where are you getting it? I mean, Louisiana. All right. Day before the bugs we cook will have been in the water, basically 24 hours before. That's About awesome. 36 in total. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Do you have your ticket yet? It's gonna be good. I was just my brother's uh, mud boat was out all the rest of duck season after <laughs> one of the wood duck hunts we went on. We were like a mile out, and we had to wait and then troll back. <laughs> Uh, but can, he got it fixed is, for 150 bucks. Is your brother related you, to my brother? Probably. No, he got a mud buddy. He just realized he got it fixed for 150. He didn't try to fix it himself and screw it up more. <laughs> was that is that hey. is that an endorsement for Sid? Was uh, Sid the mechanic on it? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of Sid course. Is, Sid, Sid is the Sid man. Is, I would say Sid is jam up. I, awesome. He's mud helping us out a lot with the with the. Uh, the poker on boil and everything. We, we wouldn't be having. We wouldn't have our, half of what we do without mm-hmm. fast duck motors. The uh, second to last day of duck season, uh, I was taking a young lady out on the boat to go look at manatees. <laughs> and uh, anyways, I was. Was it worth it? She wasn't there yet. The man. It was cool, super cool. <laughs> but uh, except he messed his phone up. She wasn't. <laughs> she wasn't there yet. And uh, there was another old boy. Him and his old lady were. Backing into the water, and I said, "At least I know I'm not the only one not hunting on the sec- second last day of season." Should have just told said, her you were going to look at manatees. <laughs> Take the gun, one randomly fly by. Boom! Yeah. I should. Well, it was on the Silver River, so it probably wouldn't have been a good idea. No. I don't know if it was twelve ducks before sunup cool though. Anyways, Sid right. Sid fixed the guy's boat for like thirty-five bucks. The guy was like, "Anybody else would have charged me? Who knows what?" He was like, "But Sid was literally like, oh man, it's nothing. Thirty-five dollars, you're good." That's awesome. He runs a very genuine operation. Yeah. You know, if I had a friend that had a, a boat that was running, I'd probably come down for that hooker run. But I do have a boat that's running. <clears throat> Are you going to load me, my wife, and four kids up? No. Can you drive not, a boat? I'm not going to put you and your wife and four kids in my boat either. Can you drive a boat? <laughs> Apparently, I'm going to be too busy to... <laughs> Never to, drove a mud motor. So okay. I'm gonna go well, the answer is no. William's okay. got a John boat. Yeah, you ain't then. fitting that many... It's not home assassins, son. You can't put that many people <laughs> in a 12-foot John boat. It's a wheat from Crystal River. <laughs> y'all no, let me, y'all let me borrow that mud motor, and I'll put it on my John boat. And <laughs> <laughs> Just buy you water. some tickets, Matt. I need the jack plate and the John boat. I'll test them both. Or the jack plate and the motor. Well, you don't need the jack plate with the mud motor. <sighs> no. We'll figure it out. But I'm gonna win it and stick it on my boat. All in all, we've we got a lot of events <laughs> fixing to round out, I guess, really at the end of May. Yeah. And we go into fishing season. Well it's fishing season now. It's fishing season always fishing yeah. season. But no, I don't think we got much planned for the rest of summer. But we'll still be doing some getting together, doing some crazy stuff here and there. Mm-hmm. Just nothing on the calendar yet. We could make it happen, man. We could do a scallop trip. Oh, oh Lord. No. Oh no. <laughs> It, you know, y'all, y'all be up by me. 
No, I ain't going that far up to get scallops, no. boy. You crazy? Chicken. August is still summertime. It is. Oh man, it's the worst part of summertime. Not that there's a good part of summertime in Florida, but no oh, wait, it's not September one. I'm sorry, September one is the start of the holiday season. That's the start of Moorhead season. My man. Too, so. There you yes. go. That's my holiday. Well, I think that's the, still technically summer. What's the WMA up by me? Yeah, September 23rd. Point Washington. Y'all got to put in for that this year. Y'all come up there. I'll cook for y'all and all that. I'll bring the tent. Probably, probably won't be as good as Jim's, but. Lord knows he ain't got <laughs> no room for us with his 15 children in his house. <laughs> my kids will beat you up. If I don't doubt it. Your kids are four <laughs> years <laughs> old and 160 pounds. <laughs> And that's not fat. That's beer the, muscle. The your size? Is that what you're saying? They're, they outweigh They're bigger you. than me. <laughs> you're only one short of a basketball team. You going to fill it in? Uh, no, I got cut. <laughs> I did the smart thing. Listen, he done screwed up, tried for three, and ended up with four. He's not pushing his luck no more. Oh, man. <laughs> we had two. The wife said, I want a girl. I said, okay. Then we ended up with twins. She said, well, maybe they'll be girls. Then then balloons popped, and they was blue. She started crying. <laughs> so. she, she's she got four penises running around her house five. Oh my god that's right you got one too the years didn't work anymore <laughs> yours ain't loaded anymore it, it still works it just ain't carrying no shells around that poor woman oh, anyway speaking of poor women let's go ahead and introduce everybody around the around the table here I'm your host Will Krebs I got Briar in here tonight hi y'all Jordan, I'm here. Let's get it. Jim, yes sir. Matt, how y'all doing? And Miss Deidre Brown. Hello. Rose in a rock pile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Deidre came out and and jumped full on board with the Wood Duck Boxing mm-hmm. Next Initiative. You put one in your backyard, and then you mm-hmm. showed up. How long was your trip over to where we put those in? I mean, like an hour and 45 minutes, hour 30 minutes, so something like that. two-hour drive over there to ride around in Jim's boat all day and rehab and install new wood duck boxes. Yeah, it was fun. We drank beer. Well, that too. I would hope you did. Yeah. We had a few ranch waters. We did. I didn't drink anything until I was done putting in wood duck boxes. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. yeah. So responsible. Well, I was still drunk from the night before, so I had to <laughs> You had to get back to straight. I will then. say she is a champ because... We pulled up on that first rehab box to put a new roof on it, and uh, <laughs> my man Jason goes to start grabbing gloves, and she just starts reaching in their bare hands, pulling out old duck matter and everything else. He's slow down, champ. I'm like, yeah. I, I, <laughs> so how did you get the hantavirus? You know. <laughs> I grew up in all sorts of shit or basically (laughs) (laughs) what don't kill you makes you stronger exactly exactly yeah Yeah, but that was a lot of fun and actually i was just telling you guys i on the way here i took the same route well i drove the same route we were in the boat and i saw the wood duck box we rehabbed i was like oh and the sun was setting right behind it i'm like that would make for a cool picture so i took a picture of it i had to turn my truck around and then on my way back there was two woodies sitting on top of it you, nice. you mean it's like to, instant gratification. You mean to tell me the people didn't try to run you over, stopped on the side of Lakeshore Drive? Uh, no. <laughs> I hate having to do any kind of work on Lakeshore Drive. The people come down that road at 100 miles an hour on the 35, and it's but, narrow. And, there's listen, no and they're looking out of the any, lake. Yeah, yeah. But listen, anybody that is from around here knows that you do not want to go that fast down Lakeshore because the city of Eustace are some assassins on Lakeshore when it comes to speed. Yep. I've seen state troopers on Lakeshore. Yeah. I did see a cop. Maybe that's why they were going slow. Well, they, yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 
we went out. I went out to get pictures of the rest of the boxes and checked on one of the ones, the first ones we put out. Um, and we have. I didn't disturb too many boxes because it's late. But I did pull up on one, and as I was easing up to take a gander in, and I didn't even get up to the front of my boat. All of a sudden, I saw the top of a hen. Oh. You know, she was getting a little nervous as I was. It was one of our PVC boxes? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I dropped a pin for which one it was, so there's at least one of awesome. our first 10 boxes that we put out had a hen in it. Question. When you guys are rehabbing boxes, or even the days you guys went around and marked rehab boxes, did you find wasp nests in any of them? Mm. No. 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 I found, I found a box that had one in it, but mm-hmm. somebody had already scraped it out, but mm-hmm. then they didn't do yeah. anything else with it. The... Uh, the box that we rehad when that old man thought we were stealing it had a wash nest in it. <laughs> what? Uh, that's right. Yeah. But it was, yeah, he, he yelled was just at us for. Started. He yeah. was like videotaping us, and then. What would you be stealing? A duck. <laughs> yeah, I guess he was like, "I put that thing in there. I paid for that." And we're like, "Yeah, but we're cleaning no, it." And first, he, like, he tried to tell us that he built it and he used to work for the water utility, except it had the the Ducks Unlimited logo in it, and it was the same pipe that we were using. So I know <laughs> sure. the Golden Triangle chapter put that sucker up for sure. But I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you guys knew this, but the ducks at the park are free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, but uh, yeah. But I, the, the funniest part I think of that was when the old man was like, he was like, well, "What are you? Why? Are you, what are you doing to that thing?" We're like, "Well, well we're cleaning out the uh, the dead duck skeletons that are in here." Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, ah, oh, the ducks use it. I see him go in and out of it all the time. And Jim's like, yeah, but that doesn't mean that they're they're, they're just paying their they respects. Can't take but out the they're, old yeah, stuff. they're going inside and going, oh god, oh no, and getting out. They're <laughs> pretty much oh, the, the FWC biologist. I was chatting with her, uh, uh, um, Alyssa. 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 She was explaining that she checked on a nest, a duck box, and there was. Mm-hmm. A new hen in it, and the new hen had just laid its eggs right on top of a dead whistling duck. Oh, so apparently savage. they're not that picky. Mm-hmm. That's funny. <laughs> I, guess, I, I guess tight the the, the the space used to be tight. You know, we opened up some new real estate, so hopefully they won't have to nest in boxes with dead birds. In them. Yes. Yeah. Which which did you rather have? The old rundown shack on Lake Eustace. Or the brand new condominium that just got put in. The old rundown shack. Right. <laughs> if you're a window. We'll see. It, you can make it look nice. <laughs> if, it, if both were free. Yeah. Them lazy birds water. don't even bring their own nesting material in, man. Yeah. If you don't put it in there for them, they don't get it. Yeah. Move um, on. But, so, Deidre, how long have you been hunting, fishing? How did you get your start in the outdoors? Um, well, I'm like an adult onset hunter. I've always been in the outdoors, but I've only been hunting. This will be my fourth season as like a licensed hunter. Um, it kind of just came out of nowhere. My brother, um, said he was going to duck hunt. I don't know why. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to do it too then. Me and my brother are pretty close. And then, so I got my hunter safety stuff done and my license and then, Somewhere he met someone at, that hunted out of Emeralda, and then we went out and we've been doing it ever since. So, yeah. So she you, got addicted. Do you just strictly duck hunt? No, um, I I'm trying to turkey hunt. I've been putting in a lot of work. Listen, I kind of like turkey. You. Yeah, <laughs> no. 
I didn't. Hey, I never said I put in a lot of work. Okay. So you can shut your mouth and sit back. <laughs> I try to turkey hunt a lot every year. I'm that's what I do. I try. Successful. Me um, either for the past twenty years. Oh well, that, that gives me hope. <laughs> Great. Um, let's see. I duck hunted, then I turkey hunted. Um, I got a hog last year or the year before in um, Mississippi, and I've deer hunted a little. Uh, didn't get a deer either, but and then gator hunted over the summer. Small game stuff too. Anything. Gotcha. Should have come out to one of our small game hunts. I saw them, but then I live so far. I, I was, was small say, game hunting where I was turkey scouting. I know that I saw you. You've been active on the page for a while. Yeah, a little bit. So. Yeah, but I mean, I grew up just in the woods and the creek and fishing. My dad was a big fisherman, so that was my, mainly my childhood. And we had farm animals, you know, and so. We would slaughter those, and I was always, like, right in the mess. That's why I don't care about touching anything. <laughs> <laughs> we had traded back and forth the questions. I don't care about wood duck eggs. You know, uh, questions that, you know, we could ask, like, you know, what what hue of pink camo do you prefer? You know, I had a Do you wear lot. makeup? You know, how long does it take you to put your makeup on? I'll yeah. answer anything, but. Yeah. Well, I mean. That, I mean. This, this is not that girl. I have questions more based, you know, you talk about the hue of pink camo and you look at camo brands across the spectrum and the, I've heard it said before that the way that major, most, a lot of major camo companies Mm -hmm. approach women's camouflage is to shrink it and pink it. Oh, so annoying. Right. I wear men's camo if I can. Right. But even, even when you're looking at, uh, even if it's not pink, there's not a pink accent in it. They just take it's still a unisex size. There's, mm-hmm. there's not something for the most part fitted for women. Right. I and mean, if it is, it's expensive. Yeah. I'm like, I'm a Walmart after season $3 pants <laughs> type of person, but I've been wearing a lot of, um, like quack skins when I duck mm-hmm. hunt. And I love that because I can wear it where I turkey hunt too. Right. It's super bright green there still in this time of year. And then, or at this time of year. And so, I mean, it blends right in. So, I got no beef with the pink camo. And I, like, it's, there seems to be a thing about, like, it's you're supposed to be cool to be down on pink camo. I just don't think <clears> use <throat> of it. I don't think that <laughs> women should have to be, but I don't think they should be insulted by it. I think that, you know, if, if I don't know what it is to be a woman, but. I would hope not. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Never I was, was going to say something. Well, shit. Now, now that I said that, our, our whole podcast is going to get canceled or whatever they call it. But um, if if. If a woman's hunting and she wants to feel good and pink makes her feel good, then fine. If a woman's hunting and pink makes her feel excluded, then don't wear it. But obviously, if, if nobody was buying it, they wouldn't keep making it. My wife likes pink camo. Oh, 100%. Yeah. If it's yeah. if you want to wear it. But if you're looking for some, like the straight pink camouflage, what do they call that? The, what's that one? The, the Muddy Girl camouflage? My daughter actually has a Muddy Girl two forty three um rifle. It wasn't, she didn't pick it out, but it's pretty cool. But I couldn't take that. I used my dad's rifle for deer season because I'm like, I can't bring that in the woods. My wife, my wife has a, a Muddy Girl 380, uh, Ruger 380 LCP. And, uh, that's what I know, carry, but yeah. not a Muddy Girl. Yeah, no, that is one's it? Muddy Girl. So it's tiny and pink and she's going to kill you with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No is it her bow pink it. too? The bow? No. 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 Just camouflage. Yeah, I think that was not brought out. To compete against green camo, if you think about like it, the novelty. pink was brought out to compete against orange camo. Well, yeah, yeah but, I mean, I, I'm all for it. Uh, pink, orange, the fluorescent colors. Uh, well, 
Uh, we wear orange, I've been told, because there isn't anything else in the woods that's that color orange. And same goes for hot pink. Right. I, I would love to see the studies on what is technically more visible on the waveform spectrum. Pink or orange. To the human, yeah, pink or orange oh. to the human eye. And I would, I would fully support <laughs> either allowing you to wear either or or having to wear whichever one is better. Well, it doesn't matter if you wear orange. I definitely rock a pink vest. Yeah. <laughs> they don't make six one way half dozen. Yeah, other. I could ain't, care ain't, ain't no fear in my heart. As long as somebody sees me, I'm happy. All of a sudden, there's going to be tons of grown men running around with pink hats. <laughs> the only color the only color that I don't like to see in the woods that's coming a craze about now is, is purple. I don't understand. Purple posts, no trespassing. I don't oh, like seeing yeah. that that yeah. dark that dark green whole dark green pants. It's a good thing all. I'm colorblind. Them khaki pants coming through the trees. Yeah, I don't like seeing them khaki pants. That mm. silver F one fifty. That one that one will give yeah. you the pucker. Fight. They call them green jeans for a reason. That's right. Mm. Doesn't uh, bother me. I'm never doing anything wrong. So me neither. One but time. you just always feel. I only like got stopped guilty. by them one time. Yep. You only been stopped one time. Yeah, I was coming at night back to the boat ramp. Me and my five-year-old mm-hmm. th- just this past season, and they were there, and they're like, did you get anything? I'm like, no. <laughs> but they're like, who was shooting out there? I'm like, I don't know, but I think someone was shooting at cormorants. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't think, I don't know if they got anything, but they're still out there. <laughs> Interestingly, the officer, or one of the two officers that gave us a talking to for overstaying our stay at Little Econ after mm-hmm. last year's Charles Bronson hunt. We went the over to Econ in 2022. 2021. 2021. Yeah, I guess it was a 2022. That officer was at last night's Apopka spray meeting. Was he? Oh, we got along fabulously. <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, I remember y'all. He's like, well, you know, we weren't really looking for you. We were actually looking for the other fellas. And if the whole story is while he was, while they were chatting with us, they were actually there because there had been reports of some guys jacklighting. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sure enough, while they're sitting there talking to us and saying, hey, guys, you're not supposed to be here this late, blah, 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 all of a sudden, Beam. <laughs> Click. Oh, my God. <laughs> and some guy comes rumbling down another road, and all of a sudden, they were really not interested in us anymore. Oh. And then there was a gunshot, and oh, those uh, MFWC officers was gone. <laughs> and we did. I, I didn't ask him. I should have asked him what the outcome was. And Saved by the bell. Me. But they, were, uh, they had two gentlemen stopped on the side of the road with what I think was a pig in the back of the truck. Oh. Mm. But off of WMA at night mm. by light, and that is no-no not legal, not uh, not at all during a WA on a WMA at night. No matter what means you go, yeah. thermal, whatever. It's not just a light. It's a WMA at night period. Yeah, but <clears throat> very nice man though. I won't yeah. say his name out of his respect, you know, his anonymity. But I I have found that I can't. I have not had any sort of negative interaction with Mm-mm. any FWC law enforcement officer in almost twenty years. And just because of the amount of time that we're in the woods, I I interact with several every year. You know, let me see your license, all that, and they're always very nice. And you know, don't break the rules. And yeah, my my favorite my favorite interaction I've ever had with an FWC officer was when we got stopped after duck hunting one morning, and he went oh, yeah. through and checked all our stuff, and he was checking <laughs> plugs. And old Matt Harbin, he says, "I'm gonna be honest with you." He said, "I've got another shotgun in here; it doesn't have a plug in it." And he says. <sighs> All right, well, pull it out. Let me check it. He pulls it out and says, Granddad's single shot break action shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, but the look that the, you know, because he was having the, the FWC officer was just carrying on conversation with us and we were talking back and forth. And he already had his ticket writ over there in oh, the corner yeah. with the other group of guys that were. He had the driver's license and the paper in hand when he was talking to us. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then when he, when Matt hit him with that thing, well, this one ain't got a plug in it. The expression, the change of expression just like crap. Now oh, these guys more are paperwork. all the color just yeah. flushed out. Yeah. More paper. He thought more paperwork. Mm-hmm. I don't think those guys get any glee in writing citations. No. People no. think they do. And it's like, because it is a pain in the butt. I, I think if anything, it's because they do have a job to do. They do have to remember that their job, if you break the rules, they have a lot of discretion, but they can't let everybody go. So I, I did a ride along with FWC officer and he says, I'm not writing anybody a ticket today unless it's a safety violation. He says, that's pretty much what I stick to. And he did. We went out and we checked people fishing, bank fishing on the, um, in the saltwater and intercoastal. And of course you technically don't have to have a fishing license to do that, mm-hmm. to fish off the bank there, unless you're a non-resident. And he pulled up and he was in an unmarked truck. As soon as he got out, and we started checking licenses at the front. He's asking. He's going to the next person. He said, watch this. We check each person going down the line. Turn around, and everybody's just gone. <laughs> I wasn't going to write anybody a ticket. He said, you don't technically have to have a license. He said, you're supposed to have the permit, but you don't have to. And then he actually found a guy out on the dock who had two sheephead that were undersized. And he wasn't from Florida, didn't have his license. He said, hey. Uh, you need this is this is a rule. This is how big your sheephead need to be, and you need to buy the license before you fish anymore after today. He said, if anybody else gives you a hard time, tell them officer so and so said you're good to go for the rest of the day. Mm. And that that I already checked, and he said okay, and we left. The only ticket he wrote that night was to a kid who didn't have life jackets in his boat. Exactly. I and I I don't want to bribe the thing, but more often than not, when I've listen to people and what they were doing. Then, oh, he wrote me a ticket for this. It's like, you know, they, they write you a citation for whatever, a, a minimal citation for something that arguably they could have put you in the back of the car for. Oh, yeah. Shut up. You know? <laughs> like, anyway, moving on. Let's talk about, let's talk more about Deidre. I would yeah. So. Sit tight. We'll be right back with a word from our sponsors. As we move through life, it's inevitable that we're going to find ourselves needing trusted advice from legal counsel, from business transactions to real estate, lawsuits to contract matters. We all need advice and assistance from time to time. Attorney Roman Hammis' multi-state law practice focuses on litigation, business law, and real estate. Roman helps individuals and business owners find solutions to their legal problems. If push comes to shove, Roman is an experienced litigator with extensive trial experience and the ability to take it all the way. He's been named Super Lawyer every year from 2016 to present, a distinction given to only 5% of practicing lawyers. Most importantly, Roman is an avid hunter, angler, conservationist, and proud supporter of the UPO Nation. When you need dependable legal counsel, call Roman, 407-680-6050 or 843-324-1727 or email roman at romanvhamas.com. That's R-O-M-A-N at 
R-O-M-A-N-V-H-A-M-M-E-S.com. Offices, Florida and South Carolina. <laughs> oh, we're here to talk about you tonight. Oh, yeah. I don't. You know, he said you should come on the podcast. I'm like, there's so many other women <laughs> who could talk about the outdoors, but I'm happy to be here. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting too, also that you're an adult onset hunter. Yeah, which yeah. comes with its own set of challenges oh, because boy. does it? I mean, arguably, who who taught you how to hunt? myself right yeah, yeah. myself there, there was nobody pulling no. you around as a kid this is Mm-mm. what you look for this is what you want to do so you're learning it all on your own yeah the only merit. thing as a kid i mean I've, we've always been into guns and stuff as growing up so i've always owned guns shotguns when i've uh been younger um but no everything has been myself i mean i've met so many people that um i think i don't know if i was telling jim i was telling someone that since I started hunting, I wouldn't have been able to figure out hunting on my own as far as I have without, like, the knowledge of everyone I'm talking to. Like, I don't want to rely on someone to take me out all the time, but I definitely rely on people's expertise and their experience, and, like, that's just invaluable to me, you know? But I'm definitely out there on my own learning. <laughs> and that in and of itself, especially on public land, you're talking about all the different things you've hunted, and you had you said you killed a hog? I killed a hog on private land. Okay, hog on private land. Regardless. Yeah. Uh, but public land in and of itself, again, poses a whole nother set of challenges. Yeah. I mean, when you think you're out far enough, you're not. <laughs> I set my You're looking camera- at five of those challenges right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I set my cameras up to see people more than the, the game, you know? I want to make sure nobody's passing that camera yeah. <laughs> every day. And so far, no one's passed my trail cameras this year. I'm I'm really hoping I get a turkey. I know where they're at. I just need to not screw up. Till opening day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they're gone. So do you have turkey permits this year? I do not. But where I'm going to hunt, um, the first year I hunted, I did get a Tate's Hill permit. Mm-hmm. Man, that place is... Uh, that place is rough. I've heard numerous stories about the people... Adequately that, named. That live there. That... Yeah. Yeah, the stories I hear, like the legend of Tate's Hill, I mean, I assume that's true, but did not see a turkey. And then me and my brother saw tracks, and then we saw things that we thought were turkeys, and we're like, I don't think this is turkeys. I think stuff's like playing games with us because we were going around. around. We saw so much wildlife, though. Any other, more than any other place I've been in Florida, I saw more snakes, bobcat, like by our campsite, deer. I mean, there was just so much, but no turkeys. So I've got a group of friends that always go down from Georgia to Tate's Hill hunting every year because, you know, their season ends way before ours does. They said the first week they was there, they had an altercation. Then the next group came down, and the locals had threw tack nails in all the road crossings. Oh, God. <laughs> because of the altercation that had happened the week before. That that type of stuff People is just... just nuts. Man, that sounds really surprising because there's a lot of guys running... Dog boxes up there, dogs, mm-hmm. and those Sad. guys, I mean, they all drive the same pickup truck. You know, the little short body uh, Toyotas. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had, I was just up at Small Game Hunt, and I had a bunch of very positive interactions with guys. Stop and ask me if I was stuck or if I'd lost my dogs. I'm like, no, man, I'm Small Game Hunt. And they're like, why? And I'm like, why? Because I, I, I already got a bunch of deer, and I'm staying down the road. But anyway, 
they were great. But I'd be surprised that those guys would throw stuff like that in the road because their buddies would be running over it. Yeah, yeah I don't think it's – a lot of times you see that. Well, this goes back to the whole thing when you see, like, garbage in the woods. Everybody wants to blame the hunters. Oh, God. Um, that I aggravates don't me. I think so. Not the type of stuff we found in the woods when we pulled garbage out of it. Boats. Kitchen remodel. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was, was going to yeah. say – Household we, trash. Just mm-hmm. bags of household trash. We Everywhere. will be doing our uh, chili cook-off, but – if you don't come to that and you want to go pick up trash, April 1st, the Lake George uh, Forestry Station, the Forest Service is doing their cleanup again this year. Yeah, I forgot to mention that on April 1st, you can come find the pressure Outdoors crew at the Mountain Door VFW cooking some chili. Yeah. <laughs> we got we got suckered into that one. I wish I knew about that cleanup because I'd have been all over it. I, I'm now committed. I'm going turkey hunting with somebody else in, in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I like that. I was thinking we should do that again this year whenever it comes up. But yeah, they just now we're all committed. Yeah. yeah. Dang it. Next year. They usually do two. Well, they had done in the past. I don't know. I just you saw would, them post that one this year. You wouldn't think it. But you get out there with a, with a bunch of people that are all motivated to clean an area up. It's fun. And it's mm-hmm. it almost becomes a little bit obsessive. Like, how many more bags can we fill up? Satisfying. Well, it it's, like, it's like anything. You get with a good group of people that you just mesh with, and it turns into a game. It turns into cutting up, joking, having a good day, and just cleaning up. I mean, well, then you start joking about thinking <clears throat> you might clean up a murder scene, and I think Harvey stains on it. Put that back. Yeah. <laughs> then you I turn around and leave. A burner phone laying out there. <laughs> this comes from you know stories, experience. experience. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> That's funny you say that. I was actually out turkey scouting last year. Uh, where I'm going to be hunting this year, um, but in a different area. And I have my five-year-old goes with me, like, everywhere. So I had her out there, and we came across this huge junk pile, right? Like, it's just, like you said, like, household trash and, like, big tires. I'm like, it's the most inconvenient place to put trash. I don't know why you come all the way out here to do that. But I ran across a grave. And not just, like, someone died here, like, an actual grave. Like, someone was buried there in, like, the 1800s. Like out in the middle of the Gravestone and everything? Yeah. Like it says, by this site, so far away. Like it can't be exact, you know? Yeah. But then people are just throwing trash like right on top of it. That's like on the side of the Swanee. We look down. We're we're climbing across rocks. Look down. There's a headstone laying amongst the Oh, that was like a memorial type thing. Yeah. Yeah. We've we've found some (laughs) interesting things in cleaning up the woods, though. Um, not, Not quite fancy, but it's amazing how many pop top beer cans you find out there mm-hmm. you know and they ain't made pop tops since yeah, like look, early 1980s like the one on the shelf up there yeah those are, is that the one we yeah. found in, in uh, no, no, Silver no. Glen dad's had that one no. for a long time no. I've had that one for a long but yeah that, I found that one in the drawer of a camper yeah some of these cans have been out there for 30 years yeah and not that far off the road and nobody's ever thought to pick them up so what do you think what do you think is the biggest challenge facing women in the outdoors uh, this i mean in all reality it's it's a man's world that's the way we mm-hmm. i guess traditionally built it and, but it doesn't it shouldn't be my opinion no. i mean you met my little girl out there yeah she and, looks just as crazy as mine oh gee that's an understatement <laughs> uh that, that that child is crazy but i know she loves to go and i, I was talking talking about talking to her about taking her mm-hmm. hunting and my son he says she can't go, Dad. I said, why not? Why? 
He says, she won't be quiet. I said, and you oh. think you are? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I was there. Yeah. That was the conversation. That's funny. <laughs> Verbatim, I'm pretty sure. But what do you think is the is the biggest challenge facing women getting into the outdoors and once they're in the outdoors? I mean, as someone, I mean, I grew up in the outdoors. So, like, the outdoors itself, like, is not a anything strange to me, but... I would say it's it can be really intimidating. Like my my husband doesn't even hunt, so like for me, it's just me doing it. And I had to have the courage to, like for instance, it's kind of like a snowball effect. I started hunting with my brother, then he has friends that hunt, and then like you just have to have the courage to go try it. And I think a lot of women it just intimidates them. Um, and they think, oh, I don't know how, what to do. Like, I don't want to be out there in the dark. Like, I can't do this. I, but you can. And it's just, it's, I've never done anything in my life. I started hunting to be more sustainable um, in my life. And I, I'm a big gardener. And I, um, I am into, like, foraging and, like, medicinal plants and being more sustainable just in my whole life. But then after I started hunting... I just found that outdoors was like medicine, you know? And it's like, if I could just, I try to tell all the women I know, I'm like, just go outside. Just go outside, be out there at 4 a.m., wait for the sunrise, and like all your worries will just go away, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's a difference looking at the sunrise from a stand versus oh. looking at it creaking through your window. Oh, for sure. Like, it's just something about being out there when you know, like, not many people have ever seen the sunrise from this spot. You know? Yeah. And if they have, that was like hundreds of years ago, you know? But, and it's just, it's not scary when you just do it. But I think the intimidation factor, because it is a man's, like I'm in this room full of men. And only I've met you three the other day for the first time. I've met Jim a few times now, first time meeting you. But you just have to have courage to just speak up and say, I don't know what I'm doing. Help me learn, you know? go out and I go out there on my own like you it can be scary I spend the night in the woods on my own you know right it's probably why you're progressing because guys don't ever say I don't know how to do this that's true yeah that's, that is true <laughs> if they were I have to disagree fire. because if I don't know I'm gonna speak up <laughs> you're a rarity I I'm not gonna put myself in harm's way if I don't know what I'm gonna say hey yeah. let me ask you a question real quick yeah I want to give her a I want to touch. You know, she mentioned gardening. Um, she was very kindly gave me some mustard greens and other accoutrements after the duck box <laughs> installation. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I've had mustard greens before, but never, always cooked down. I'm a big fan of mustard greens. That's basically like horseradish they're spicy oh they're spicy mm. yeah good you have to lord cook the spice out of them I don't know why why mm. why do we eat anything but like <laughs> mustard greens are awesome for, <laughs> I'm 50 you, you year eat old collards and you're throwing pepper sauce in it yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well I won't Raw I don't put pepper sauce in my collards I just cover them in salt and eat them like a real man that's why you don't have any hair on your chest. There you go. I don't mind pepper sauce. I just think you ruin the flavor of the collards when you put pepper sauce in it. A little vinegar. Don't. Yeah, I don't do Lots pepper of sauce. Got to have some ham on. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. pork yep. fat rule. A lot of hot. Yeah. So getting getting into it, you think is is just getting started? Yeah, probably. I mean, because 
if you don't know the people to get you started, like how are you going to know what to do? And I think it's just because it's such a man's world. I mean, it's it's hard, but I do know. And so I'm hoping that like this kind of spurs on, I'm hoping women listen to this uh, podcast, but spurs on, you know, women like reaching out to other women. Like we were at the um, the FWC Lake meeting last night and Stacy Whittem was there yeah. and she's with the American Daughters of Conservation and like I've been meaning to sign up for that for like two years I went home and signed up for it for me and my daughter like last night <laughs> when I got home because it just takes that camaraderie you just need to reach out to others and so now I will reach out to any woman or anybody you know um, and like you know take them along or teach them I've had people from high school reach out to me on Facebook, say, hey, I want to get my kids into hunting. Can you help me? Like, I don't know what to do. And so, like, a woman to a woman, like, I'll gladly, yeah. Because getting my two girls into it, and they both love it, like, it'll be a lot easier for them later on, you know? Right. They won't be, they'll just know. Like, I didn't know, you know? But to to teach kids how to hunt, how to garden, how to, you're literally, those are the, the three three things you need in life to stay alive how to mm-hmm. find water how to build a shelter how to find food yeah and that's so important to me um i just a few years ago i was telling people at work that i was like you know in the next few years i want to choose if i go to the store for food and for meat and i've almost gotten there i didn't get a deer this past year but that's mainly because i chose to not go on the third day of doe season and they walked right in front of my state (laughs) (laughs) and I kicked myself. But, um, but I mean, I have gator in the freezer. We have squirrel the other day. I mean, I've had hog for like a year, um, deer in the freezer. So, I mean, we are more sustainable and I eat a lot of my own veggies and it's just the way to be. So how, how much alligator do you have left? I'm sorry, Jordan. I didn't mean to step on I think on about you. three pounds. I just turned okay. two pounds Perfect. of it into jerky. It was really good. So, Perfect. Glad you. Why? As an, <laughs> as an adult onset female in hunting, and I know that you said you've been around, uh, you know, like the butchering and everything, but what do you think is, is probably something that keeps some women from, per se, wanting to try game? Like squirrel. Like a lot of people see squirrel to and they're like, it? Nope, not going to do it. Yeah eating it yeah just the thought of it probably i mean it's so taboo well you know it's yeah. not chicken from public so it's like, it's oh weird. they're so cute i don't i don't want to eat it oh well you know what <laughs> i think squirrels are cute too but i have a peach tree and those little bastards just started <laughs> so I sh- that peach tree is what does oh, in the yesterday pot. <laughs> me and my daughter were out there at 7 a.m with bb guns and i shot at one and i haven't seen one since so i'm like oh well <laughs> stay away (laughs) but no i think it's just it just looks weird and it's not normal i trapped a raccoon not too long ago did you eat it pretty good too uh i ate it but i kept it in my lean into the mic a little bit oh sorry i kept it in my freezer for like a month because my i knew my husband was like "Mm -mm, i'm not eating that and i was like all right i'm gonna keep it in the freezer until you forget that it's there and then i'm just gonna throw it in something (laughs) So I'm sitting like facing this way. He's behind me. He's like, what's in this? Uh, it was like a hash I made. And, but I turned the raccoon into a sausage. And he's like, what kind of meat is this? I'm like, it's Italian sausage. <laughs> I didn't want to look at him. <laughs> and he didn't eat it. I was like, damn it. <laughs> he knew. 
I remember being I tricked like, him. Like I didn't trick him. Ten, coming home, my parents had a plate of meat in the freeze or in the fridge. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, oh, it's something we got from your uncle Frank's. Mm-hmm. Me and my sister's just in there tearing it up, and they come in there like, that's raccoon. I'm like, my still, da- still pretty good. My <laughs> daughter loved it. My older one, yeah. But I grew up eating stuff like that. Anything. I've eaten just about all of it now at this point. I don't. Never thought about turning raccoon into a sausage. I, I also I was like, ooh. Jim's got a good idea. Now. Yeah. <laughs> my dad told me at one point in his life he lived off of. He would go kill a raccoon a night and just mm-hmm. like boil it down. He's like, you have to boil it down or else it's real greasy. I'm like, okay, I'll boil it down. And then I sauteed it with like the um, sausage like flavorings. And I mean, it wasn't my favorite. <laughs> it's kind of beefy, but, but yeah. But I mean, I'll do it again. But I, I, I'll eat anything. I don't care. <laughs> so you think if you slow cook it, it would probably... Probably, yeah. It does, yeah. but then you get... There's so much... More oily. Mm, so even, oily. Even when, you, even when you really try to do your best to get the, the fat off the raccoon, when you slow cook it, man, you're no, sifting no. through a lot of gnar. Even if you take the time to really defat a raccoon, you just end up... If you slow cook it, you end up having to sift through an awful lot of gnarly stuff to get but what's when you do it man and, you, and you, what you pull out resembles a lot like dark meat turkey mm-hmm. that's really you can make some pretty good stuff out of it. it's just a lot of work to get to that point yeah. but i didn't think about that maybe doing that and then taking that meat adding a little bit of pork liver or lamb liver and now you're in the boudin business. I was going to oh, say, yeah. you could just about put anything in boudin and it's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> so Jim, Jim's starting to make me hungry over here again. The reason Briar said, when you said three pounds of alligator and he said <clears throat> just right, is because he was going bo- he was going bratwurst on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we made andouille. Oh, that's right. It was andouille. Mm. We didn't make With gator? Yes. It's fantastic. Ooh. Yeah. Alligator andouille sausage. I need someone to make it for me. No. He's got no. a recipe. <laughs> you will come over and you will learn to make it. Oh, I'll do that. Yeah. Like I said, I'll do, I'll try anything. I don't want someone to do it for me. <laughs> that andouille we made, I just dawned on me. I got a whole bunch of that in the freezer. I need to get some of that out because that was, we Save. hit that batch on the money. Save oh, it for the swanee. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, was gonna, great. I was going to say, I was thinking earlier that she was talking about um, like the challenges of of getting into it as a woman but then you think like <laughs> there even as a man there's a lot of stuff where i go in the woods and i'm like okay i don't like that sound well, <laughs> that's what i was gonna bring up too is the there's really no difference in like my point of view as a woman at some parts of it like than a man's because yeah. like hallelujah I still have I'm still a, an outdoorsman. I mean, I don't care if you call me an outdoors woman. That doesn't bother me. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm an outdoorsman. I am a hunter. I'm, you know, I'm still out there facing the same stuff. And like I was, I am teaching myself also because I can't afford to pay for a, a guide. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that a lot of people learn how to do things from going out on a guide trip for the first time, you know. But I mean, I'm learning on my own because I don't have the money to spend on that, you know? So, I mean, it's not just a woman challenge. I have the same challenges as anyone starting hunting. 
I really find that a, a lot of that stuff, like where we push ourselves into something new, especially like coming into public land and stuff like that, that, mm-hmm. uh, what's it, the not secondhand fun, but, uh, type two, type two fun. Like, I don't know. I, I enjoy that stuff. Like in the moment when you're, this really sucks. And then you're able to look back on and you're like, okay, that was actually pretty cool. Yeah. I've been like, in some si- situations like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, like you were saying like, Oh, that, that noise. I don't like that noise. Well, like going in the woods at night is not my favorite thing to do, but you know, you have to, Yeah. I can't be walking in at daybreak. I mean, so you're like, Nope, it's okay. I have a gun in my hand. I'm fine. I have a gun in my hand. I remember te- <laughs> when we had a, we were younger and we had a hunt and lease in Georgia. And I remember texting William at one point from the stand. I was like, dude, something's about to kill me. <laughs> I think it was, it was turkeys going to roost. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. That's the sound but you want to hear. That, that Sasquatch well, I was in, yeah. Not when I you don't in, know what it is yeah. coming up through the trees. It was deer season. Yeah. I thought he was about to tell his bear story. <laughs> no, that's it. Yeah. Um, that I thought I was gonna die because those things make so much noise. I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, something's gonna eat me." What's funny? What's funny is like the scariest noises you hear in the woods are made by the smallest yep. of animals. Yeah, a lizard, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> raccoons. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know that to mess with a raccoon. Period. But <laughs> awful. The ones that get me talk about small, it, and it, it's because the webs. It's spiders. You know, you're bebopping. Uh. You be bopping around a trail, right? That you've been down before, and then all of a sudden, especially because I tend to go in dark, especially if it's trail I know well. I just you know wait for my eyes to adjust. Man, when all of a sudden you walk face into a orb spider web Ugh. and you feel that sucker basically wrapping around your head, you give mm-hmm. Bruce Lee a run for his money. Oh, yeah. One of them big banana spiders. Oh, that's, that's what he's that's talking about. That's an orb about. spider, yeah, man. The okay. orb weaver. I've only Ooh. known him I've as had one of those spider. on my face before. I thought I was going to die. We used to run. We'd be riding four wheelers, making new trails, and you just run through something, then all over you. Yeah. Break out. Four wheeler keeps going. You go this you. way. It goes that way. <laughs> Yeah. Worst part is you don't know where the spider's at. You just know you're covered in the web. And you're like, oh god, oh, where the hell is it? Mm-hmm. I, I would not be surprised if I meet my maker, either because <laughs> I walk up on a stand and there's a covey of quail hunkered down <laughs> under that sucker. You have a heart attack. It's, it's already bad enough, and and you know, or you're coming out at night and there's a deer stand right next to the trail and they wait until you're right there to blow and then bust through the woods. Uh-huh. But I think that the worst is a covey of quail in the pre-dawn man when i've had it happen to me more than once where you're i mean right when you get to the base of the stand and your whole mindset starting to change like you you're you're there like it's you know when you're going through the dark there is always some trepidation now i'm at the stand so it's safe i've got to go up the stand and that's when they get you it's like they were lying in wait (laughs) kill you so what are your goals for your hunting future well, I want to successfully harvest a deer and a turkey. Um, and then, like, I'm I'm getting really big into the conservation thing, so I just want to keep doing that. I've figured out pretty quickly that I not only just like hunting, but I get really excited about that type of thing. And I volunteer with Citrus County Ducks Unlimited and the Villages Ducks Unlimited. Now I've gone out with you guys. I'm part of the American Daughters of Conservation, apparently. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, it's just a lot of fun. And it's when you, kind of like today, when I saw the wood duck sitting on that box, it's like gratification, you know, instantly. Well, yeah, you get to go by and go, ah, 
I, I helped, did that. I did that. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. like I, got I dope helped. crap on my hand right there one day. Yeah. Why yeah. not? <laughs> you know, it just feels good, and to know you're actually doing good work. And I, um, Alyssa, the biologist, I contacted her this past couple weeks, and I'm gonna go and help her band ducks over the summer. Oh, that's a good time. So she yeah. was it you? You've gone out with her, or you? Both me and you. Yeah. Because I mentioned you guys, and lot, she said yeah. she has taken you out. So that'll be fun. Just it's, keep. Keep it's going. a lot of fun. Yeah. It is. Catch them with your bare hands. Yeah. Just don't be afraid. Uh, don't think that they are too fragile because I've snatched many of them by the neck. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, you're like, I want to snap his neck. But no, I mean, you just got to grab it. What, Whatever is available that grab you it. are able to grab, grab it and latch onto it for your life because they will sling and fling and they do have little claws. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's a pretty docile, though. No. No. Right, look, look. You must be mistaken. Yeah, you've look, never been you banded. You've never, had, grabbed, you've never a, grabbed a wood duck that's yeah. molting, that's fighting for its life. I had one that was, look, my dog, this thing went, got this wood duck, brings it all the way back to the boat, and I didn't realize it was crippled until the dog dropped it in the boat. There was the key word right there. Crippled. It's yeah, but been you think shot, be, yeah. gnawed on by a dog. It right. didn't even wiggle in the dog's mouth. Yeah, but uh, what I'm talking about is I've been maliciously mauled so what you're saying those. is they're more like more hens when they're fully alive they're yeah. more like an, they, a wild creature that don't want to be held on to when they were just trying to escape that boat a minute ago but can't fly mm-hmm. mm. yeah <laughs> Dude, it's more, fun, more though, hens man. are knife fighters man, <laughs> man. <laughs> so are coots my daughter was yeah. just on that the youth hunt and mm-hmm. she crippled a coot and she went to pick it up and was just Oh yeah, just right. scratched up everywhere. I'm like, well, they're like little raptors. Yeah, that, it's a blast. That's though. me after a moorhen hunt. It's really scratched up, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So, tell me, uh, what's your favorite hunting story so far? Uh, I mean, they're all. I mean, not all, but they're all a little um, near and dear to my heart. Like my first hunt ever, my first duck with my first shot out of my shotgun. I shot a fulvis. Oh, in Emeralda. Nice. Done. <laughs> this is easy. <laughs> I'm like, and I, it was passed up by actually the guy that won the boat that on that mud run. Um, he thought it was like a crane or something. And I, so he didn't shoot it and I shot it and he's like, Oh my God. <laughs> he's like, why didn't I shoot this? <laughs> so that will always be, and that's on my wall now. Um, and then I mean, my first hunt ever solo that I scouted, I took my own decoys out there. I did everything on my own and I, it was the first day of season last year. Um, I went out off the coast with my little five-year-old and, um, I had her in one of those, you know, those sleds that you put the decoys in and mm-hmm. or whatever in from like tractor supply. I put her in it cause she would have been over her head. Like my waders were up to here. Like there was like a little dip I had to go through. Um, and so I put her in it and drug her like all in, put her next to the mangrove. Um, and, uh, she was sitting there and then right at daybreak, um, a group of models came over and I shot my first model duck and she was there with me. So, that was a lot of fun. So awesome. Yeah. I mean, that, and it was just so cool. She was like, yay, mommy. And like, she took a picture of me with the duck. Oh, nice. She was like, I think she was four years old at the time. But yeah, it was just a lot of fun. And that, I think that it doesn't matter what story it is. I love having my kids out there. It's she just, brought her daughter to the spray meeting last night. 
yeah. she was asking good questions. Nice. My Both. daughter's 12. I think she's the only kid there. But she's like, Mom, I want to go back to these. This was cool. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Keep sure. it up. Found her projects through her high school career. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. But they really enjoy it. My daughter, um, she's actually on the FWC um, Youth Waterfowl page on their website at, from one of the youth ones. She's on there. And then my the little one, she oh my gosh, she's obsessed with ducks. And she's got a target duck in our area she wants so bad <laughs> but it's like a park duck <laughs> Remember, William said they're free they're free, yeah. they're free. Mom, I could literally grab bag. it with my hand give She's me like, the mom. bag mom I'll be right back yeah. oh. I've thought, I've, don't ask any questions listen I've thought about it before there was one season where there was a beautiful greenhead in a park <laughs> he was specifically at a boat ramp and I told William I was like I think I'm gonna throw some dry ice in a cooler and then just catch him and throw him in the cooler before the hunt. And as, as bad as it sounds, he's just going to suffocate in the cooler. Oh, my so. God. We had so a mus- ethical. But it was a beautiful, it was like a Quiet beautiful man. Drake Greenhead. And I'm like, there's got to be a way to kill this thing without Look. wringing its neck to kill him. Hey, you want to go kill some pintails? Disney. I got, I got no, not Disney. I4 in the 414, buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pintails. Hey, there's a pellet gun uh, up for raffle. At the crawfish. There you oil. go. You own it, man. There you go. I could use that on my daughter. I seen it this afternoon. Oh, it's like it's a heck of a dang pellet. I'll show you after. It's a heck of a It's dang like going pellet. fishing yeah. on a golf course. And I, I, I got a story for you. I used you. to do that all the time in high school. Uh, yeah, you were there. It was uh, me, Will, and Matt Harbin. And I had... You were in Matt's boat, weren't you? Harbin. I don't, I don't know where we're going with this, so you have to just mm-hmm. keep on the story. And my cousin. Plan B hole. No. 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 And this was like his first like real duck hunt, not just standing in the oh, field the trying to shoot duck. some. Wait, ruin the story. Go ruin ahead. the story. I'll edit, I'll edit it out. <laughs> Anyways, and I don't even remember if I shot a duck, but he put. Well, no, I got one. I think maybe. Anyways, he shoots a duck, and this is before I had a dog. And it's laying over there. And before we're we're packed up, and we're gonna motoring over to get it. And I'm like, look, if it's a it's a band. It's my duck. Joking. Just messing around the whole time. We get over there, pick it up. Beautiful. Like, this is one of the most prettiest drinks I've ever seen. Wood duck. And he pulls it up, and he's looking at it. I'm not thinking anything. Fixing to leave. And he's like, it's banded. Oh, I'm like, shut up. No, it's not. That's funny. Whatever. He's like, no, look. It's banded and shows me the band, and I just start freaking out. Wow. That was the first wood duck he'd ever shot and recovered. Nice. Wow. Damn. And he's been hooked ever since. It doesn't take much. That was just much. payback for ruining my story at the beginning. Which one? I was trying to talk about Sid. Uh, oh. There was how he always has to save you. Yeah. No. I think I think so, if you have a mud so motor, you got a story of Sid fixing your boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, oh, everybody, yeah. What is, uh, I'd say, what's the scariest moment you've ever had in the woods so far? I mean, I, I've I had mornings know. where I'm like, I'm going to go back to the truck. I'll wait till daylight over well, one mean, thing or another. I wouldn't say in the woods. Being on the water early mm. morning to me, especially if I'm by myself, is scarier because, I mean, I have to respect the water. I either have now a sneak boat or a little canoe. So, I mean, not it doesn't take much to take me out in the water. <laughs> no. And, well, I was um, going out 
on this little place um, I found near me, and it's pretty shallow, and it's not a very big lake. It's like a mile across, and um, I, I mean, just alligators that you don't see. And then I'm like, you know, I'm only drafting like three inches <laughs> off the water. And then when you don't see the alligators, they're just right there. And then every every turn I took, there was a gator splashing. And I'm like, oh, my God, I have to go wait up here. I don't get out. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't really get that scared, really. I just tell myself, no, you're fine. I've never turned back for anything. I had, I I had a bear come out of a tree about 10 yards in front of me, and I didn't have a flashlight oh, God. across see, the trail. And I said, no, nah, I'm going back. I'll wait till daylight. If I'll that was me, that would have been a different case. <laughs> Yeah, so, I don't back to the truck, too. <laughs> as we've been asking these questions, and, and, and I'm listening to the stories, and we keep kind of keep going back to, um, yeah, this is kind of like, this is the first podcast that we've had a female guest since we had the forest, the U.S. Forest Service on. Um, but that was, that was all about U.S. Forest Service, and here we are kind of making a big deal about women and hunting. And as I'm sitting and listening, and you've already addressed this, that, uh, it's, it's the same issues that every new hunter has. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't really know how to phrase this question. So the, it's almost like, why is it a big deal at all? And the only thing that I can come up with is the reason it's a big deal is we just don't, we don't see as many women hunting. So there must be something special about it. But as I'm sitting here listening, I'm, I just, I'm starting to realize that, um, What's different about it is is simply that it's rare, mm-hmm. but that's about the only difference. You know, we did touch on pink camo and things like that, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you have the same issues that that we've got and the same experiences that we have. Um, I don't know if we've done a good job with this, you know, because it's like they're supposed you know you're supposed to walk on eggshells the whole thing about men and women. Mm. Uh, not me. <laughs> no, no. Obviously, yeah. you know, we get along great. You know, you show up and you volunteer and you work hard, which is all we want from anybody. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, this is my bias. Nobody else in the room has to have it, but I, I love to celebrate the differences between men and women because of the differences, not necessarily our similarities. Uh, there are things that women are so much better at than guys, and there's things that men are built to do differently than women. Um. So that I love to celebrate, but that's not supposed to be some kind of political statement or anything more than just how I feel about life in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but And as I sit here and ramble, that's kind of where I'm trying to get to is why, why is it special? Is it more than just that it's rare? And then the next question is, why is it rare? <laughs> you so, know, it's like... I don't... So... so are you going to say something? This, yeah, this, uh, this actually hit me immediately Jim starts picking... I think that it's special because if you date back historically to say our Native Americans, who were your hunters and providers? Were your your men, mm-hmm. right? And then you even go to like when, per se, we as quote unquote white men and women uh, started encroaching. Who were your providers and like hunters mm-hmm. would have been men. So historically, it would be something that men have done, right? I mean, I, it's just like anything. I mean, women have had to come up in every part of this culture, you know, like prove themselves and gain women's rights. Yesterday was International Women's Day. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Snapchat filters let me know. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, I mean, 
when you said that, what's different? As an uh, an adult onset hunter, I think there's a big difference. So women are naturally more detail oriented. We ask more questions. Maybe not you. <laughs> Bring the toilet paper. Um, we yeah, like we <laughs> come prepared. If I was a thirty year old man, and I have a thirty year old woman myself. I think going into hunting would be a lot different, like, unless I grew up hunting, you know? It's like the same scenario. Like, I'm, like, balls to the wall, like a dude. Like, I'm just going to go kill everything I see, you know? (laughs) But, like, women look at it a lot differently. Women are more nurturing. I'm more like, okay, um, I have a, a really good friend, Beth, who is become a really, really good duck hunter, and she's hoping to, um, start her own uh, charter soon in the next couple years and be a duck guide as well. Um, And so, like, we bounce ideas off each other, just like any guys would bounce ideas. But I feel very comfortable talking to her as a woman. We've gone and hunted together, too. Um, And I don't think it's different or special, like, as a, a, a whole, but we just have little, you know, differences as human beings. Women are different than men that just... It makes her a different experience, you know? You know, Jordan may have hit it right on the head, and you just backed it up, is that we are different. And I didn't think about that, that I'm looking at it from a 21st century perspective. Mm -hmm. But if you go back several centuries earlier, you know, it it might literally have broken down that way just because biologically men are usually physically stronger, faster, etc. It would make sense that it's a natural separation of the duties yeah um but in the 21st century men my age would have probably already been dead <laughs> or certainly just stuck in camp you know <laughs> doing whatever things needed around you know he's not yeah. out running after the the mastodons or whatnot but i think that's maybe what it is is in the 21st century um we're all using boats to hunt ducks and mm-hmm. uh, you know things are just driving different. to the deer stand and, you know, I think women women, women hunters it. is, like, the fastest growing population of hunters now. Makes sense. But, and also, I mean, I hate to say this, but, like, social media and, like, what women portray on social media, people think it's cool, like, that I went and hunted this and I show my trophy. Like, I don't think that way, but, I mean, if you want to post what you, I mean, I do post what I kill and stuff, but it's not for, like, the likes and all that, but... When other women see that, it's like a snowball effect. Oh, I want to do that. It's cool. I want to do that. It's cool. But then I'm hoping once you do that, you realize it's not just because it's yeah. cool, you know? <laughs> uh, but it, I think that has now, I mean, everything's on social media or there's pictures of everything. I think that's a big part of it, too. I was just say, I think with anything in social media, and, and we've spoke about it other times, is it, it, it shows the, the glorification of it, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't show the nitty gritty that you have to get into. It doesn't show the days where you go spend all day and or all week, weekend, and mm-hmm. don't kill anything. You don't see anything. Oh, yeah. You've just put in a ton of time mm-hmm. and nothing. Definitely. So it, it just shows your your high points. Yeah. That's just like any other, like turkey hunting video you see you think it's gonna be easy no it's yeah. not <laughs> no it's not no it's not you just see like a five minute clip they've been there all day all they've week. been there for yeah. several days yeah. yeah no but i mean like i said i think in the in the long run i mean it's all like level playing field i mean you just have to show up and do it like i just show up and i put in work or i say hey where do you need help you know i just do it 
That's awesome. I, I can I tell just, you something I've learned from asking you questions, and it kind of stuck out more heavily to me when you brought it, what you did in a second ago, Jim, is that every question I've asked you, we did, I, I, I don't know whether I expected a certain answer, but we all face the same, you're facing the same challenge any adult onset hunter would. Mm-hmm. It's not because you're a woman, it's because you're an adult onset hunter. Yeah, yeah. It's not because uh, turkey hunting's harder for you or deer hunting's harder for you because you're a woman, it's just because it's hard. public land and it's hard. It's yeah. not easy. Yeah. yeah. The, the deer doesn't care oh, yeah. if it's a man or a woman sitting in a stand. No. They as don't a, care. As a little bit of a sidebar, one of the things I'm impressed about is the the background is there's another guest on our podcast who's, who's pretty well known in the community. He and I are having a conversation just about new hunters in general. And he, like us, is always willing to lend a hand. And he was almost hesitant to bring up that after a little while, you kind of need a break because his frustration in the mentoring is that he kind of broke it down like, well, there's two kinds of people in the world, right? There's the new hunters that come out, they figure out they like it, and then they just dig in and figure out how to get it done and fly. Mm-hmm. And then there's the new hunters who, <clears throat> for whatever reason, they come out to hunt and then they just wait until the next time they come out to hunt and in between they don't seem to grow. And that I have felt the same thing. It's like for holy cow, this is like, this is your fourth time out and there's been no, it doesn't seem to be like, yeah, where's where, where was the growth in between this? Is it, you know, it's, this isn't like classroom that you only do it when, when you're with me or with this other person. But when you listen to Deidre, um, well, my brother and I went out there and then there was nobody else to help. So I just figured it out and I've killed a pig and ducks and squirrels. I haven't got a deer, but I'm going to get a deer. You will. Yeah, I will. It's like anything else. If you think you're going to get a deer, you think you're going to get a squirrel. You're right. You know? Yeah. Except Will. Will thinks he's going to get a turkey and probably not. No, joke's on you, Jim. I don't think I'm going to, but I'm going to show up anyway. (laughs) No thanks to him if he does, by the way. (laughs) It's going to be the Greg Norman of turkey hunting. That's funny. <laughs> I, I go uh, once a year, something like that, yeah. and hope for the best. And then I usually, you know, I, I hit the uh, I, I hit the woods ready to go first thing in the morning. By lunch, I'm like, all right, screw these birds when the deer yeah. season starts. <laughs> just just like the rest of Williams turkey season, it's been George went and scouted, and then uh, I came to hunt. Yeah. Jordan, <laughs> drop a pin where I need to sit at. Yeah. No, Jordan's going to take him right there to it, call for him. All he's going to do is sit No, back I'm not call calling. All I'm doing is running a camera. I'm I can't. I'm not allowed to call on that hunt. Oh God! I've called in uh, owls. I've yet to call in a turkey. Yeah. <laughs> I call me, owls right to my camp. I got some videos <laughs> of some turkeys that me and Matt sat there and yeah, they were going to town. So yeah, couldn't hear them, but they were they too were far away. To yeah, I've yet to hear one gobble back to me in public land. In apparently, that's crazy. You got to there. I am, but apparently that's. I was watching them gobble hunting. through my binos yeah. and my camera. I could, I would call, and then I'd see that neck, but I couldn't hear anything. Oh, J- Jordan probably would have scouted a lot for his turkey permits, if he had any. Yeah. <laughs> well, it just gives me something to do, you know. It gives me a reason to wake Matt up early on the weekends. You know, this is kind of <laughs> off topic. Well, not off topic, but I just thought of something, like, that might be a challenge for women, um, like, getting up early. So, I have friends who don't hunt, and... 
but women so i'm very busy like i don't ever stop i wake up at 5 a.m um i work all day i garden constantly i do kids are in sports you know i'm a wife you know i so i'm never stopping ever (laughs) but some women feel like they um have to put like they can't put themselves first you know and that's i think that's another big thing with especially this kind of sport well i say sport but you know well it's a sport um is you have to get up early you have to put in time it is time away from your kids um away from your family and some people i mean i mean it's not a fault of their own but i mean they don't feel comfortable doing that um and like my friend she's like i can't leave my kids i'm like bring your kids along like or or like my husband won't my my husband won't let me did you bring that up to me we (laughs) were joking about your husband let you hunt and i'll let you hunt but it's funny because my husband is not a hunter but he is so supportive like and if it makes me happy he's like do it but i bring my kids along i make sure i carve out time for family but it does take a lot of time to be a hunter especially learning as an adult and you already have all these other responsibilities it's it's taxing on your life i mean it can be so i'm like a part-time hunter you know and when you're a part-time hunter your your harvest rate goes down i think it's so crazy that you mention it that people are like uh i can't carve time away from my kids but you're like i I don't see i mean the way me and you were raised it was always a a family thing Mm -hmm. we me and william almost always went along with that yep there's no reason yeah there, there's no reason why it can't be it can't a and family I'm, thing like my brothers and i grew up fishing with my dad i mean i was a better fisherman at seven years old than i am now <laughs> because i did it so much and then my dad was a commercial fisherman he would take us out for a week at a time you know on the grouper boat and then i mean we just grew up doing it so i guess in my eyes like that you just include your kids but kids love Whoa, it. Back up. Love it. Grouper love. boat. Yeah. Like you route electric reels, the whole nine yards deep dropping on grouper? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, we would like I to hear more about that. this. Yeah. I mean, I was maybe 12 to 15-ish. You only did it for like four or five years. Um, Still, you're out there for like a week, right? Yeah. Oh, that was so much fun. Yeah. That's scary. Being out in the middle of the night on a grouper boat when there's like seas that are knocking you out of your bunk is kind of scary. (laughs) Yeah, you're out in the middle grounds, right? Dropping them out there. We would go out of Apalachicola. Okay. Um, My dad, the guy he uh, worked with, was had his boat up out there, and we would go out catch a lot of fish. Yeah. So for those that aren't familiar, I mentioned the middle grounds. If you look at a map, sometimes you can even see them. Back when the seas were a lot lower, you, you had obviously land and whatnot went went further out into the Gulf, and then the seas rose. But there's still a lot of that relief and limestone and whatnot. So mm-hmm. it's almost like a fish city, but it's it, it's 24 hours or almost off offshore, 18 hours oh offshore to get to the middle grounds, depending on what kind of boat you're on. I don't on. think we ever went that far. No, no, we rode on a. I don't remember how big it was, but it was called the Daystar. It was a lot of fun. But I think when you grow up that way, you have an an appreciation for how fun that actually is and like what good it does for you. It sets up your whole life because I've, I never did that. I, my brothers, both of my brother's wives are like, I'm so jealous of your childhood. Like you guys had the best childhood. 
we didn't have a lot of money. We just were always outside. <laughs> you know what I mean? We had uh, my dad. It's funny. My dad bought this canoe when he was um, off this guy who actually rode the canoe up the Alify River and traded with Indians on the Alify River. He was the only like white man that they would associate with. And my dad bought this canoe off him. So that canoe, wait, my brother still has it, um, is like, you know, it's like a family like heirloom now because yeah. it's got this Historical cool story. Yeah. yeah. And um, but then we had this other like wide canoe. It's a aluminum canoe we used to take out in the Wikiwachi all the time as kids. My brother still takes his son out in it out of um, in Hudson and they go catch redfish out of it. And my dad built me my canoe. It's a canoe. <laughs> it's an old flat back canoe that he DIY'd. It's so cool. It's got like mullet camo all on the side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. It's pretty fun. But my girls and I, we have the best time in it. And I just, I mean, if I catch something, if I shoot something, it doesn't really matter because they're out there. And that's all that matters. That's awesome. Yeah. Good enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really is kind of crazy how, you know, sometimes you get out there and you just see like sights or hear things like you we talked earlier about things that you don't want to hear but then there's some things that you see and hear mm -hmm. in the early mornings or late afternoons you're like this is crazy that this was created for me yeah i never would have seen this if i wasn't here right yeah. now yeah so cool well it's the first time in a long time i had to say this but ladies and gentlemen any closing thoughts get your kids involved yep they'll love it yeah but you know it's all here now is all great, but the next generation is what's going to continue to bring it on to the next generation and the mm -hmm. next generation. It is a family sport. We aren't, but one, probably not even a whole generation away from this, from hunting, fishing, and outdoors the way we enjoy it as we know it being just yeah gone. It really relies on us to teach our kids. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan, Briar, Jim. Put your time in. That's all I can say. Or find somebody to do it for you. Yeah, that's yeah, too. If you got a good brother <laughs> and a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to take the opposite tack that I, I, <clears throat> I understand that it could be gone, but I don't think it will be gone. Um, because those that usually hunt and fish are pretty passionate about it. I think there's always going to be challenges in terms of finding places to hunt mm -hmm. um certainly challenges as we were last night Deidre and I were at Lake Apopka and um that's that's a neat story right because 30 years ago Lake Apopka was effectively dead there was no submerged aquatic vegetation anywhere on the lake now 96 percent of the lakes got submerged aquatic vegetation the water's great it really is great like it's it, their, their their amount of phosphorus in the water is lower than their target level it's the lake is really on the road to recovery, right? And what are we complaining about? We're out there arguing about how much hydrilla should be on the lake, right? 20 years ago, nothing lived in there but gizzard shed. And now we've got this great <laughs> lake. So there's going to be, but that's a perfect example of challenges. In this case, it's a happy story. So I don't think we're ever going to get away from that. And I think there, there, we need to continue to maintain and push back against some things and point out that some of these things are special 
because otherwise they'll go away. Uh, but I don't. I, I I'm a little bit more optimistic in that they're not going to go away. Um, well, I just mean if you want to do it, it'll work. If we don't continue to create more voices, mm-hmm. we just get quieter mm-hmm. and quieter and quieter yeah. and quieter and quieter, and it's easier to take and take and take and take and take until it's all gone. Not saying the woods will ever. That you, I'm, obviously, we'll always have woods to some degree. We have national forests and national parks; so they'll have woods there. But you already—I mean—you can't hunt on those as it stands now, for the most part, and uh, the rest is just bound at some point to if if we don't continue to keep instilling our values in the next generation and even in your own generation so that they can instill it into their next generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, we're saying them. the same thing. Yeah. That we, you're right. If we stop, we'll lose it. But I guess I'm, I feel pretty optimistic because I do as well. What I saw last yeah. night is I don't think we're going to stop. I think there's going to be, I think I, I, it almost feels like there's a resurgence and that might be some of the demographics because there's more millennials and there were, Baby boomers are certainly more millennials than there were of the greatest generation since World War II, and that's Generation X. But uh, you guys didn't even catch that, did you? We just wanted to let you have I got it, Jim. <laughs> yeah, my little yeah. moment, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but no, I hate to say there's just demographically, there's not. Generation X is a, is a demographically small generation, um, but we had a bunch of kids. So. Uh, hopefully, that's going to translate down, and you'll start to see some of those hundred numbers come up. Deidre, closing thoughts? Um, well, I mean, I'm so happy to be able to be a voice for women in Florida and hunting and the outdoors. And I just hope if there's any other women that want to reach out to me, we can hunt together, scout together. But I'm hoping, like from this, this is what I want to keep doing: is be a voice, not just for hunters, women especially, but. Um, that we, you know, just reach out and help out where we can and just keep the movement going. You got to drag some more of them over to the Under Pressure Outdoors Nation page. I will. Yeah. <laughs> so I will. So we're, we're creeping up heavy on that 2,000 member giveaway. And uh, we got, there's a half dozen tangle free wood duck decoys and a yeah. nice GPS sitting over there in the corner to give Ooh, away for free once we yes. get to 2,000 members. So. Yes. I'll have them all listen to this podcast. Yeah, and invite I'll... all your friends. <laughs> I will. I'm Tell them to invite their friends. And yeah. I know there's so many like great women hunters in Florida. I just don't know who they are. You know, right. like, you know, there's women have grown up doing this. Right. Like I'm an outlier. Like there's just generational hunters and not just in Florida, but everywhere. And I hope like, you know, they are just like, they have the same like mind as I do. Like they're not afraid to reach out to new hunters because... I mean, that's where it's at. That's how I learn. I'm, I value uh, those friendships. I'm really glad to come out of this podcast. And I I think like all of us others in the room, we came into it thinking, man, what are we going to see that challenges that women face that we don't? And then you're ending the podcast out and you're like, like William said earlier, it's all the same challenges. Mm-hmm. There's no difference. No. <laughs> Not in my <laughs> eyes. I mean, other people might have different opinions, but... It's all this, you're still like killing an animal. It's, yeah. a, it's a challenge in itself. <laughs> yeah. Well, DJ, I thank you. I thank you for joining us. I, I've yeah. had a pretty good time. Yeah. Thanks for having Absolutely, me. Absolutely, yeah. Really well, appreciate it. We'll catch you guys next week. Adios. Bye.